What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. I am your host, Gavin J. Gallagher, and on this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game often playing out subconsciously in your mind and in the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset, your behavior, to take your to control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. So here we are on episode 35, which happens to be the last episode of season one. Uh, We've been going for 35 episodes since I started this podcast, and we are now at the end of the year. So guys, it's a bit of a celebration podcast uh, to get to the end of the year, and we're going to be starting season two episode uh, one. Well, I guess it'll be episode 36, but we'll be into season two. And um, so last week I talked with Mr. Aaron Block of Metaprop, big proper tech uh, VC fund in New York City. Super insightful guy, really smart guy and um, at the forefront of all the tech disruption that is coming to the property market. So if you didn't listen to that, you should probably have a listen because I do think a lot of the stuff that we get into is going to start showing up and you're going to start seeing that buying property, selling property, managing property, all of that is going to start to get disrupted in um, a tech through technology. And so we're going to start finding that there's apps and all sorts of stuff that we're using instead of going to agents. And obviously, if you're an agent, that is going to disrupt your business potentially. So it's all stuff that you really do need to pay attention to. Today, I wanted to shift gears a little, um, primarily because it's the end of the year. When you're listening to this, it is going to be a a couple of days after Christmas and I'm recording it. And I think Christmas is like the day after tomorrow. So for me, I'm thinking about Christmas break. I'm thinking about the new year. I'm thinking about all of this good stuff. And usually in um, around about this time of the year, I start to get out my notebook and I start writing out my goals and objectives for 2021. I start thinking about what am I going to try to achieve in 2021? What are my objectives for the year, my news resolutions, shall we say? And it's something that, uh, you know, a lot of people suffer. I have done it in the past. A lot of people suffer from writing down a load of stuff And it might range from, you know, getting fit and stop drinking alcohol in January and all of these kind of things. And uh, by the end of January or by the middle of January, most of those things have kind of fallen flat on their face. And if you speak to anyone who runs a gym or a fitness club or anything like that, they will say that the best time of the year for new memberships is the 1st of January. Everyone comes along, they sign up to become, you know, members of the gym and things like that. And within you know, two to three weeks, they've stopped coming in and, you know, they're starting to kind of think about cancelling their membership and stuff. So it is something that we really have to kind of hold ourselves accountable on. And that is one of the reasons why I brought along our guest today. Today, I'm having a discussion with a good friend of mine, but also a he's my coach. He's my performance coach. His name is JP de Villiers uh, or John Pierre, if you want to use his full name. And JP is a high performance coach, speaker, an author, is an author of six books. And um, I'm working with him on uh, through a coaching program he runs called OTE. And I'm going to be putting a link in the show notes below. But it's funny, uh, I actually mentioned this a couple of episodes back. Uh, I, I mentioned JP and one of our listeners 
not only heard it and reached out to JP, but he actually joined the same OTE program that I happen to be on. So a quick shout out to Eddie. Uh, Eddie, I hope you're listening and I hope you're going to enjoy today's uh, conversation. JP has a very, very interesting story. I met him through a mutual friend uh, based in London called Daniel Priestley. And Daniel himself is a bit of a coach, mentor, uh, author, speaker. And Daniel runs a program called KPI or Key Person of Influence. And he, when I went and did this KPI program about two years ago, they, one of the people, one of the case studies he brought up was actually JP. And he told this terrific story about JP going back, you know, many years now at this stage. But JP was a personal fitness trainer in London. And he was running around uh, working all hours. I mean, work, first, you know, he'd first appointment be at six in the morning and his last appointment be at 9 p.m. or something. And he was doing that six days a week. And then Saturday night he was going, you know, crazy out with his friends and whatever. And uh, he, he met with Daniel and he was saying, you know, I, I charge so much, you know, whatever it was is the rate that, you know, per hour. And he was convinced that, that is the rate that you're going to get no matter what. You can't really change the market's opinion of what the rate is for a personal trainer. And Daniel got him to think kind of differently and um, to write a book and to position himself as kind of a thought leader and person in this whole space. And so um, JP really took it to heart. And within a couple of weeks, he had produced his first book. And, And I mean literally a couple of weeks and um, he did it. He managed to find time during his lunch break to kind of write a chapter here and a chapter there and all of this kind of stuff. And it's pretty incredible. Anyway, he went on. He, he went from being a personal trainer to be being this high performance coach to all these kind of corporate executives that could afford to pay him 40,000 a year or something like that. They would have JP coaching them to becoming these kind of like Iron Man or these like top performing athletes even though they're the CEO of some big company and they, their job involved like traveling around the world all the time. And so this was, this transformed JP's life. And, um, and it's really interesting. He created a program where you went to Thailand for I think a week or something like that of uh, martial arts training. And uh, I mean, it was just, it was a story that I found mesmerizing. And uh, I can remember kind of thinking, wow, how you can like transform your life in such a short space of time and uh, so I always was keen to meet JP and then something happened to JP which we're going to go into today in this conversation and and I actually heard about this thing from Daniel. Daniel told me what had happened to JP and so anyway within a couple of weeks um, I met JP and uh, we hit it off great and I joined his program and uh, anyway I'm not going to get into all of that now. I think what we'll do is we'll get straight into the conversation with Mr. J.P. Davillier. All right, J.P., great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm awesome. Really happy to be here. Yeah, great to have you on. Um, as a, a high-performance coach, as my high-performance coach, and as, a, as an author of, um, is it five or six books now at this stage? Six, yeah. Six books, <laughs> yeah. And I think I wrote one of the chapters in, in your latest yeah, book. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. And uh, athlete, speaker. Um, you know, I've spoken about you before on the podcast, uh, JP, so it's great to have you in the flesh, so to speak. And um, But there's a few people here, who are some of my listeners, who may not be familiar with who you are. Would you like to just give us a little bit of a backstory as to, you know, your life and career to date? 
Yeah, absolutely. I will keep it as short as possible because my story is available, as you know, Gavin, many places online. So uh, today, how I show up in the world is a high performance coach, speaker, author, and general human being. I'm always looking to, one, be the best that I can be. And then two, through written material and, and spoken word, and one-to-one and -one coaching conversations to be able to share what I have learned in becoming the best version of me that can help others become the best version of themselves, whatever that looks like, because it's certainly not going to be my version of what, you know, living your best life looks like. And, you know, my life, so, so essentially I, I live my life chasing the best of the best in the future, but also in the present moment. And this is not actually something that I knew always, you know, I, I knew the future stuff like chase the future, chase the future. It was only recently as I've been this constant never ending student in my life that I've realized that you've also got to chase the best of the best in who you are and where you are right now. And that's crazy important. Otherwise, you'll just keep, chase, you'll just keep chasing the future for the rest of your life, getting to the end of your life, realizing that you never really lived because all you ever did was look towards the future and now the future is gone because you're gone and my life didn't always look like this I wasn't always in high performance I I didn't have a high performance or even a positive mindset I grew up in Cape Town South Africa with lots of limitations around me on the external and a lot of limitations within me as a result of my external environment I had a very negative mindset. I believed life happened to you. Life was unfair. The only goal in life, as a result of seeing what I saw around me my whole childhood, that the only goal in life was to get a job, pay your bills, and survive. And I came to a realization in my teens that regardless of what was going on around me or what was going on within me, I could find things that changed who I was and how I felt. And the first thing I ever found, my first I guess now I would call it a strategy. Probably then it was a crutch, but it was fitness. Because every time I got into fitness, I could forget what was going on at school, the bullying. I could forget what was going on at home, the uncertainty, the you know, lack of safety, and not knowing what was going to happen when my father would turn up next, et cetera, or when he would harm himself next. And I found cycling, and I, I fell in love with – well, I tried many different sports, but I eventually fell in love with cycling at the age of 13. And I used that. All of my, from 13 years old until 18 years old, I used that as a strategy for winning at life, even though it was on the short term. And there was probably more running away from than there was running towards in that strategy. And all our strategies, there's a mixture between those two things. What are we running away from by using this tool? And what are we running towards? Hopefully, we do more running towards than running away from. But for me, at that time in my life, I was running away from a lot of stuff. At 18 years old, I left school. I finally left this bullying prison and I got a job. I moved areas. I got new friends and I was in introduced to new environments because obviously the people we spend time with, um, you know, dictate how we show up and where we show up in the world. And I got into clubbing and partying and realized I wasn't going to be a pro athlete because I was taking freaking ecstasy every weekend and drinking and with girls and, and barbecuing and just I was just living a proper a full-on teenage life and I thought man this is awesome now I'm 19 years old okay so I'm like this is awesome I'm gonna try and spend as much time in this environment as possible and I had to find another vehicle for me to be able to do that and I got into music and DJing and I moved to the UK from Cape Town I got a job as a DJ eventually after working in a chicken factory dog food factory hotel 
And I ended up at 23 years old after going on a four-year mission to chase the best of the best and become my best. And at that moment in my life, I didn't know what the healthiest version of your best life looked like. I thought it looked like significance, acceptance, popularity, power, fame. And at 23 years old, I was DJing in Riga, Latvia. And I, I had all of these things. I was flowing there, stayed in the Radisson Hotel, the first time ever in a hotel. I was celebrated all night. I came out to two and a half thousand people, smoke, lasers, everything. I was a god. But at the end of that experience, when I went back to the hotel and everyone was gone, I realized that, yes, I might have accumulated lots of things on the outside. But when all those things were not there, not present, I felt incredibly empty. So at 23 years old, I realized just a powerful moment of awareness that I was going in the wrong direction. I thought I had it right, but you can only connect the dots looking backwards. And I realized that I was going down the wrong path. And it reminded me of my father when he was 13, when I was 13, 10 years prior to that, my father also got his life wrong, so wrong for so long that he got to the ultimate version of the worst version of himself with so much suffering that he decided to take his own life. So I'm at 23. I decided this is not going to be me. I came to the UK on my own. It's my fault. It's my fault that I got to where I am today. No one else's. If you're an adult, every, everything that you are right now is your fault. And I say fault deliberately just to push on buttons. So I said, hey, if I can become the worst version of me, I want to become the best version of me. So I went back to the UK where I was living in London, and I just started investing in myself, Gavin. I just started looking into personal development. I started reading books on excellence, peak performance, sports psychology, and I started to apply everything that I was learning. I started to get mentors, Tony Robbins and other teachers. And I read the book, The Secret, about the power of positive thinking. And between 23 and 20, uh, 25, sorry, 23 and 25, I made significant shifts to my life, to my psychology, to my energy, to my attitude towards life, others, and myself. And things just started to change rapidly because as we start to change, things start to change for us. And at 25 years old, I was on top of the world, but genuinely, sincerely, in a healthy way, I felt limitless. I was back on top again, and I was doing it in all the right ways. And I realized, man, I have a lot of tools right now. If I can go from where I was to where I am now in two years and figuring it all out on my own, now that I know what I know, if I could gift these tools to others, maybe I could start to witness others going through what I've just gone through. And that's been the story of my life. That has been the story of my adult life. Keep finding out tools, discovering how I can be better physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and just then being able to share it with others and watch. You know, it's never been about a business for me or you know, how much money can I make doing this? It's being able to see the change in others. And that just inspired the shit out of me. Excuse my language. And I've been doing it for 17 years. And I started just looking at what I'd always known, which was, okay, how do I do this? How do I help people? And of course, going back, connecting the dots, the only thing I'd ever loved was sport consistently. So I became a fitness coach. And then very quickly, within three years, because I had applied all the tools that I already knew at that point, I was an award-winning personal trainer. I trained A-list actors, uh, singers in the UK, 
Olympic athletes. I did a Duracell commercial and still the only personal trainer ever to do a personal training session in the London Eye. I just did, or I worked with Chevrolet, uh, Facebook, doing motivational videos. But I realized that if I really wanted to help people become their best, I couldn't work on their physiology. I had to go to their psychology because that's where all transformation happens. All transformation is a creation and all creation, all creation starts with thought. Everything, every single thing in the world has started with a thought. So I've switched to psychology and I got into, I went from the basement in gyms to the boardroom in London and I started coaching corporates which I, I now call them corporate athletes, right? And I, I, those are generally my clients, right? They're corporate athletes. They want to be the best version of themselves in life, in fitness, and in business. And I've then I moved into high performance because I only wanted to work with people that were generally high performing in life, but wanted to tweak, 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 and be better. I wrote a book. I started speaking. I've spoken in 16 different countries, written six books, and I'm still a student today at 39 years old before I am a teacher. I'm still learning, still growing, and still sharing. Well, that, that's a great intro, uh, JP. I knew I could rely on you just to kind of give you the microphone and, and off you go with it. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, and, you've, and I know you've, you've spoken at events with Tony Robbins and people like that. So you're, you're, you're quite the speaker out there and, uh, and quite well known um, in that regard. Yeah, so I've actually, I've not spoken on the same stage as Tony. What I did was for two and a half years, I represented Tony Robbins and his brand. And what we would do is I was hired as a Tony Robbins speaker because one of the things I did, Gavin was when I found Tony Robbins I went to every single event I mirrored him I matched him I watched every single movement behavior tone that he used and after a while people were like man you're really embodying Tony Robbins at one point three or four people said do you know you look like Tony Robbins <laughs> I was like that's crazy so the people that that uh, that host Tony in the UK they contacted me and said, we're looking for a Tony Robbins trainer to represent Tony throughout the year so that when he comes here once a year to the UK, he has a room full of 13,000 people because Tony Robbins, a Tony Robbins trainer has been speaking all over the UK and Europe to promote Tony. So people right. in as far as Slovenia, Norway, Sweden, I mean, I've been everywhere, Ukraine, UK, Ireland, and they would go to these Tony Robbins events, one-day events. Tony Robbins doesn't do one-day events. He does four, five, six days. Right. But they would come to these one-day events, and it would be Tony Robbins. And da, da, da. And then it would say, led by a Tony Robbins trainer. And I was that guy. I was one of four people in the UK at the time. And, yeah, it was awesome. And I got to, I got to essentially be Tony for a day. And I'm doing the whole, oh, yes, and make you move and <laughs> getting people to, to celebrate. And, yeah, I, I, I absolutely loved it. Two and a half years I did that. Brilliant. Um, well, switching gears a little bit, I thought uh, I would bring it back to um, some, some of the mindset stuff that we were talking about. And uh, in particular, you know, we're, we're all dealing with COVID-19 and it's been a very tough year. A lot of people struggling with what was totally unexpected challenges. I mean, nobody saw this coming, came out of the blue and, and it's caught all of us by surprise. And some people have not coped as well as they could have. And I just thought maybe you'd share the unexpected events of the summer of 2019 um, and how you had to learn to, to deal with uh, unexpected change. Hmm. So first of all, yeah, thanks for speaking to that because so many people, I'm sure even just the people who listen to your podcast, 
are going through some kind of challenge right now, whether it's financial, uh, business, business growth, personal growth, uh, family, relationships. And, you know, it's a really good time to, to speak about this. And I, I can't have enough conversations around this. It's very important to remember that when we're faced, when we're in the midst of challenge, when we're deep in our own valley, in the midst of our darkness, or, you know, having to face the dark nights of our soul, because we're so challenged that we can't even find it in ourselves to be optimistic, even if generally you're an optimistic person. Mm. It's important to remember who you are. In times of uncertainty, we've got to at least have this certainty of who we are, because if we lose the certainty in ourself, we're fact. <laughs> we're, if you lose the certainty of who you are in a time of uncertainty, you're in deep, deep trouble. And I'm so grateful that I have done what I have done for so long, practiced what I've practiced, learned what I've learned, because Yes, I've had to face COVID over and over again in many different ways. And I'm going to share that in my own video later. But last year, 22nd of May, I faced a very different challenge. It was very physical for me, not just mental or financial. I was doing what I love to do, which is raising money for charity through extreme fitness challenges. And I was racing across the UK, cycling over a thousand miles in 10 days, and on day eight, I was hit by a drunk hit-and-run driver, head-on, left for dead on the side of the road, um, found, spent two weeks in intensive care, shattered my legs, my arm, punctured my lung, um, bowel surgery, all sorts of stuff. And, I mean, <laughs> you can't get more unexpected than that because <laughs> not only did I not see it coming, I don't even remember it. I had post I have post traumatic amnesia so still to this day a year and a half in I have zero memory of the accident and Gavin I've used every tool from plant medicine ceremonies to deep meditations at my house to visualizations to try and remember but I just can't uh, but it is what it is and there's a clue there in what I just said it is what it is so I woke up in intensive care and and I realized man I have to deal with this I can't change what happened to me. We can't change COVID. I, co I couldn't change the fact that, you know, two weeks later when I was fully conscious in intensive care, that what had happened to me two weeks prior to that had happened. I just had to deal with it. You can't change it. You have to deal with it. And that takes responsibility because it's all good sitting here and saying, why has this happened? I don't understand, but it won't change shit. The yeah. only thing that will change your experience is if you change your experience or is until or when you change your experience. And the first thing I knew I had to do was I had to hold myself responsible for where I was and say, it is what it is. JP, don't make this worse than it is. Don't be a victim because being a victim won't make you victorious. No amount of victimhood will give you victory. No amount. And I knew that very clearly, not because I was super wise, just because I'd been studying this stuff for a long time and working with the best of the best and sharing stages with some of the best speakers and learning from the people that uh, you know, are incredibly influential in this area or inspirational in this area. So I'm not sure how much you want me to speak right now to, the, to, to that experience. I'll, I'll hand it over back to you. But I learned so much through that. But, or should I say, and... I also grew 
grew so much through that experience because when I woke up and I was fully conscious, I, I honestly just said, thank you. Thank you, universe. Thank you, God. Thank you, me, for investing so much in myself because I need every tool that I've ever learned to use. I need it all now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, in terms of the challenges that you faced, I mean, it wasn't just physical. It was also your business had basically ground to a halt as a result oh, of the accident. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's I mean, tough. you know, it's interesting, Gavin. I, I woke up this morning and I said, you know, I love this saying. Co coincidentally, it's something that Tony Robbins uses all the time. The truth will set you free. And I woke up this morning truly inspired to share a video about me just being honest about the last year, like really, really honest. And, you know, I'll start here on this podcast. Why not? You know, it's been financially and business wise in terms of business transactions going in and out. It's been the most challenging year of my life. And once again, I'm so grateful for these tools for certainty, these tools for energy, these tools for alignment, because I don't, I honestly don't know if I hadn't been studying what I've been studying for the last 17 years, Gavin, I don't know where I'd be right now. I really don't. It's been tough, man. Having to let people go. I've been, I've, you know, I, I'm not afraid. <laughs> I've stepped into boxing rings, jumped out of planes, et cetera, et cetera. And because of that, I've just taken lots of risks as well. And maybe because it's all part of my own learning, but none of those things have worked out. So I'm literally where I was a year ago. And I'm just tweaking, defining, looking for different things. But yeah, it's been incredibly challenging. And for anyone else that's maybe you're watching or listening to this and you're thinking, JP, that's me. The last year has just been survival of the fittest i'm just trying to survive every day you know if that is you the only thing i can well not the only thing the first thing i'd love to share with you is do not go at this alone i might have lots of challenges but within ourselves we're always living in three ways so my challenges are in the, on the external they're outside of me business clients um bank account balance, etc. But on the internal, we're always showing up in three ways, surviving, suffering, sorry, suffering, surviving, or thriving. And I'm always between surviving, sorry, uh, thriving or surviving. I'm never suffering. Or at least if I'm suffering, it's only in a moment because I know what to do to immediately get out of that suffering. One of which is do not go at this alone. Have your power team, have the right people around you, have coaches, mentors, people of inspiration, people that inspire you to put one foot in front of the other, to take more risks, to, you know, to trust your intuition in your decision-making whilst you're going through this reset and reinvention, as my friend Daniel Priestley always says. And that is incredibly important. One of my mentors, someone that you know, he always says, if you're doing it alone, you're doing it wrong. And if you're going through COVID right now, looking to thrive, but you're doing it on your own, I'm just going to be honest, you're making it very difficult for yourself. Now, you might not want to have all the financial resources in the world to surround yourself with the right people, but come on, it's 2020. We're more connected globally than we've ever been in, in our human existence. So, you know, pick up the phone, comment on posts, 
um, DM people on social media. You know, there's so many ways to get education, information, motivation, inspiration. And just by tapping into those four things every day, it's, I, I very rarely say it's a guarantee because there's really no guarantees in life. But I will say this to prove a point that if you engage with others every day and you look for information, education, motivation, inspiration, I guarantee you it's impossible to stay stuck where you are. And if, however, you still stay stuck where you are, I'm just going to say it like it is. It's your fault and no one else's because there's just too much out there to help you get out of your own mind to get out of your own suffering. Just pick up the phone, put on social media, go to YouTube, <laughs> watch the inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Watch these podcasts behind the facade. If you, you know, saying, Oh, I watched one behind the facade episode. Oh, it's great. But three months later I'm suffering. Yeah. It's because you only watched the bloody first episode. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Consistency and discipline is everything in showing up, in your attitude, in immersing yourself in things and people and experiences that allow you to align and manage and optimize your energy. It's, you know, it's what we do every day is that what we do every day is what we become. Yeah. Is it, I, I remember, I think it was Robin Sharma and he said that your, your life uh, is your days in miniature or something like that, which is yeah, I mean, your life is your days in miniature. I'm not really sure. I, I think it's like how you show up every day is kind of how your life is going to end. Oh, your days are your life in miniature. Yeah, sorry, that's it. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I screwed well, up. To me, to me, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Basically, if you look at that, I mean, I've never heard that before. This is what I love about showing up in conversations because you might be giving stuff, but you're learning stuff at the same time. All relationships, healthy relationships, are a two-way value exchange. I've never ever heard that before, but that's absolutely brilliant. So I'll just, you know, speak back to that. Every day is your life just in a miniature mode. Yeah. So you know, how do you want your life to be? Oh, Gavin, this is so good. How you want your life to be should be how your day is today. Yeah. It's like otherwise, it's incongruent. And it's like what we 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 talk about um, the 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 non negotiables of the ten commandments of your day and stuff like that. And if you build that into your day, that's how your life ultimately will look because that's where the priority is being placed. Yeah, to give people context, in my coaching business and my teachings and my methodologies, I teach something called the ten commandments. And I'm not Christian, but if you look at Christianity, Christians say, this is how we live. We live according to these rules. Not when the sun's out, not when I've had enough sleep, not when everything's going hunky-dory. No, these are the rules for our life. These are our standards and our standards in life are what we accept and what we get. So everything comes down to our standards. So look at your day. No, look at your life day by day and ask yourself, who am I going to be? What habits am I going to have? What standards am I going to live by non-negotiably, unapologetically? And as a result of those things, you will become someone else or you will become the result of those things. Yeah. It's, I mean, and there's also things that you can kind of remove from your life that will actually help. For example, I, I stopped reading the news in, the, in a couple of years ago, and I find that particularly good in terms of making sure that my mindset is not 
automatically moving to kind of one of scarcity because newspapers are designed to trigger certain emotions that'll keep you kind of coming back for more of that bad news. So every time you look at the newspaper and they're talking about COVID and, you know, the economy is going to tank and, you know, people are being laid off and this and that, it puts you in this kind of mindset of scarcity, like, you know, oh my God, everything is terrible. And, and that it triggers the amygdala, which is that point of the brain that's the fight or flight mode. And it, um, so it's very interesting. Once you remove that stimulus, you actually find that you can think much more clearly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, most people know that saying you are what you eat, but you are what you consume, including information that you consume. You become every single person on this planet becomes a result of everything that they've consumed. Now you can change it. You, you might listen to this going, oh God, that's why I think the way I think. But you can change that. Just start consuming new stuff. And, you know, the first rule of business is attention. If you don't have people's attention, you have a personal hobby. But the first rule of media definitely is get as much attention as possible. Now, when you have people, because we have the survival brain, and we're just looking to survive. Every human being on this planet, we're looking to stay safe. We're looking to protect ourselves, protect our families. Families, If you have two newspapers at your local newspaper stand, and one says the world is all fluffy, everything's perfect, and the other one says, watch out, which one are you going to go for? Watch mm. out. That's what we do by nature. And it's just to make sure that we're surviving. So if the first rule of business is attention, especially in the media, to grab your attention so that they can keep having a business and not a personal hobby, is they got to get your attention, man. And that's why they put things like murder and, and death rates on, on the front of newspapers or this celebrity has done this stuff. Think about it. Yeah. I mean, I've questioned not just this, this, uh, this thing, but I've actually had conversations with people and said, what if someone i'm in the middle of england right now if some kid no disrespect if some kid has been murdered in south london and is being broadcasted to me on a radio station in the middle of england hours away what benefit does that have to my life zero i've never my whole adult life have i been able to understand why something like that would be on the news it's it's the old saying if it bleeds it leads it's it's shocking gavin yeah no but i mean it's it is it's exactly it's, it's how they sell newspapers is it, the more shocking the thing the quicker you pick it up and so um and i mean i've seen you know it's funny with the u.s election and all that i've been watching donald trump and all of this stuff going on and there's newspapers that are clearly anti-trump and there's news you know there's news channels that are clearly trump and stuff and if you look at the two of them objectively you know take a take your own personal kind of opinions out of it and you just look at the two it's absolutely it's like an echo chamber it's absolutely completely different one side it's like looking at you know reading about somebody in mars and the other it's one's like realities yeah <laughs> total different realities and the problem is social media seems to be actually kind of reinforcing this because when you you know the algorithm sends the news headlines to you that you've clicked on before. So you'll tend to continue to get more and more reinforcing kind of news of that nature. And that's why sometimes the best thing you can do is just pull the plug and stop consuming the news. Yeah, two things I'd really like to add to that. And this has been through experience and, and, and observation over the last two decades. 
I've never actually read this anywhere. It just makes total sense to me. We always crave, our brain and our body craves what we give it most. So let's look at the body. If you eat sugar every day or drink fizzy drinks, your body will crave it because it's the most consistent thing or the most constant thing. And when you try to make a change or get fit or healthy or be better and things get overwhelming, your survival brain will say, hey, let's just go back to what we know, which is sugar. If you consume negativity and fear, you know, without judging anyone for doing this, you know, we're all just doing our best. And, and we do that all the time. We will gravitate towards that again and again and again. And the more, I'm sure there's people watching this right now, that this has happened to you. The more we got into COVID, the more videos you watched, news updates, uh, fear-based information, you got into it at some point, you got into it, watched one video, read an article, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the more you did it, the more you did it because you want to do it more and more and more and more. And you get into this downward spiral. And that brings me to the second thing I want to share, which is everything that we're doing over and over again is either taking us on a downward spiral or an upward spiral. So to speak to everyone here, um, to share a, a tool with you, to give you energy and certainty and faith in the time of adversity and challenge, ask yourself this question. Is what I'm about to consume or what I'm about to do or what I'm about to think, is it giving me energy or is it taking me energy away? Or you can ask a different variation of that. Is this thing making me feel better or worse? Now, as adults and grown-ups, anything that we're allowing into our space that is taken away from our energy, making us feel worse, making us feel more uncertain, just remove it. And I understand that not everyone can do that as easily as other people, but I've become very good at this. I'm absolutely non-negotiable about what I consume because I'm, I'm always thinking of everything as a return on investment, or I'm thinking return on investment when it comes to everything that I'm doing. I don't even get into arguments. I'm just like, as soon as I realize, boom, we're in the argument stage, I just say to the person, sorry, let's continue this conversation later, because this right now is actually not adding to who I need to be today to create the life that I want to create. And, you know, it might just be change your environment, change your thoughts, change what you're consuming. If you find yourself watching something and it's literally you can see your frequency or you can feel your frequency lowering, get out. Yeah. Get out and go do something better. Change your state. Change your state. Go move into a different direction. Um, go do a workout. Pick up a, 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 a podcast of inspiration, read something inspirational. And what will happen is as you start to change your focus and where you're putting your energy, you'll change your frequency. And when you change your frequency, because like Albert Einstein said, everything is energy. And if you match the frequency of the reality you want, you cannot help but get it. As you change your frequency, you will see change on the external. It will happen. But until you do that, nothing will change for you. And that is why some people 
keep trying to change their life and their business and over and over and over again, but they're not willing to change how they feel on the inside and they can't understand why things don't change. Mm, yeah. So even though I said before, like, oh, this year has been very challenging, I have total faith because of my internal. You, I might see what I see on the external, but I have so much certainty within myself that I know my external world just hasn't caught up yet. And I'm just waiting for it to catch up. And, you know, I say that playfully, but I also want to get that across very seriously. If you hold the faith within yourself, eventually the world will catch up. That is a truth. We talked with um, some of your some of your other clients. Um, I've got some pretty inspirational stories. And I thought mm. we could actually... Um, without naming names or anything, but there's one particular one that, uh, that I mentioned to you earlier that stand, stands out. And it's somebody who's just gone through dreadfully challenging year and, uh, and has managed to turn it around quite recently. And I just think sometimes it's good to hear these kind of stories because there are people out there dealing with overwhelm and challenge and you know maybe they've been laid off. Or I know certainly one or two of the listeners, they've reached out to me and they've lost their jobs recently and they're you know, there are, some of them have been on to me asking for advice. What can they do and stuff? Can you share any of your clients' kind of stories and that that might kind of provide somebody with some inspiration that, you know, no matter how struggle, how much struggle you're dealing with, that there is kind of light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, um, great thing to share. First of all, I'll share. I'll come back to the one you just briefly mentioned. I'll share another one. I was working in London, and there was this gentleman. And he had just been fired. He just lost his job, 38 years old. And long story made very short. He was sitting in the corner of a room on his, on his ass, elbows on his knees, hands on his head, thinking, what am I going to do? I've had this job for 10, over 10 years. What am I going to do now? I never thought I'd ever have to get another job, or at least he had no intention. And let's just say he was in a very, very bad state. And I gave him some coaching and I just said to him, look, you have a choice right now. As I did sit lying in my hospital bed, as we have in COVID, we always have a choice. That's the only thing we have power of in our life is we get to choose. That's it. And I said to him, you have a choice right now. Either this is the worst thing that's ever happened to you or it's the best thing that's ever happened to you. It's just which one you are going to choose. That's it. I said, now you can say this is the worst thing that's ever happened to you because you lost your job and da, 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 da. but let's just, let me just play devil's advocate. <laughs> let me just challenge you and actually tell you that this is actually the best thing that's ever happened to you. Let me ask you some questions. Are you willing to listen? You say, yes. I said, did you absolutely love your job? No. Why were you doing it? Oh, just because of the money said, so if you could redo your life, would you have gone and done the same thing? No. If you didn't lose your job today, would you have ever lost your job? Would you have ever left your job? No, probably not. Did you get a settlement package? Yes, six months. So I said, so what you're telling me is you hated your job. You didn't necessarily love your life that you'd created for yourself. And you have a buffer and you're not even 40 years old yet, which used to be considered middle age. Now that's like 50, 55. So you're still young. 
And you get to choose whatever it is you want to do. You can literally press reset on your entire life. How many fucking people get to do that? And I said it like, I said it like that to him. And he was like, damn, man, I never thought of it like that. Yes, this is incredibly uncomfortable, but he was just, that's it. That's as long as it took. And maybe, maybe it took a 10 minute conversation, but he realized this is a blessing. It is an extremely uncomfortable, disruptive blessing in my life because I get to now reset my life knowing what I know. And I could have never done that because I didn't have 10 years of experience. I know so much more now I can get to do something different. So, so that's one example of just changing your attitude and perspective and perception about what's going on right now. And therefore, your projection, what you see, change the inner world, you'll, you'll change what you see on the outer world. You'll see more opportunity. Uh, next one was COVID-related. So, you know, this client, obviously, and let's just say this guy has an uh, international company multiple million turnover, um, I mean, even over, you know, multiple million monthly turnover. And all of a sudden in his industry, things have started to change already in the last few years. And he started to, his business started to suffer. So last year he's fine. This year, beginning of this year, he's starting to suffer. Things are starting to change. His clients starting to drop. Then COVID happens and his biggest international clients drop drop, drop, one of which was 700,000 US dollars a month revenue. Gone. Boom. (laughs) Now he's got a massive team and everything. (laughs) Almost a mil a month revenue (laughs) from one client. And, And he got to a point where, now bear in mind, one year prior to this, I mean, if I ever asked him, how are you? He would always say one word, amazing because everything in his life was perfect. Then a year later, middle of this year, August this year, he's lying in bed for four days, not able to get out of bed because he doesn't know what to do. A struggle. He does not know what to do. He doesn't even know how to provide for his family. His family are worried. They're calling me saying, we don't know what to do. Please help us. And then he just says, you know what? This doesn't have to determine my future. What do I need to do? And we just had a conversation and I said, look, if you really want something bad enough, you have to have blinders on like a horse. You only have to see what's in front of you, nothing else. He went to a different town in his country, drove for hours, locked himself in a hotel for a week, got an agreement that they would just bring him food every day so that he didn't have to leave the threshold of the door of his hotel room, arranged for flip charts to be put in his room and just went to work with absolute non-negotiable, uninterrupted focus and just started being creative, 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 creative. And long story made very short, created a product partnered with some people, took his skills that he already had, applied it to a completely different industry in no way related, and just made the first sale of that product. Two, three months later, first order, I think, was 350,000 units um, with with a contract of multiple millions of his very first sale. Multiple millions. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. I mean, it's just, so what's the story there? If you want something bad enough, 
Are you willing to do whatever it takes? Because if you're not willing to do whatever it takes, there might be a time in your life where you live with regret for the things that you didn't do. But I believe this, Gavin, at my core, that if you really do, so rarely my accent, really as in R-E-A-L-L-Y, if you really do whatever it takes, even if you fail, you will have no regret because inside you, you'll know, I did my absolute best. Mm -hmm. And that is what matters, that we do our absolute best, not do perfect, not do perfection, just do our best. And he knew he, for him to do his best, he had to do that. He had to have a word with his family. He, got, he had to get permission. Sometimes we just need permission to go all in. And right now, for a lot of us, we need to get that permission from others. And we need to be non-negotiable about getting this permission, do whatever it takes to get the permission. Yeah. not to force it on others but also we need to give ourselves the permission yeah it's it's actually it's a good point because i remember uh, years ago my 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 uncle died um he, he actually took his own life as well and i can remember being thrown into the deep end and having to kind of manage the the fallout from from that and um and i felt this kind of complete overwhelm um, there were so many things coming at me, all this new stuff. I had to kind of step into the role that he had had before. And, and I had no idea about any of these businesses and stuff like that. And I remember just then thinking, God, you know, I really, I'm completely overwhelmed. I have no idea where to even begin. And what I actually did was I checked myself into a hotel down the country here in Ireland. And I think I did four days on my own completely. And it was, it was exactly what I needed. I needed that kind of total removal from all of the distractions that that normally kind of get in your way and similar to the story that you've just shared there um, and it's funny how that removal from because if you're if you're going to your office every day thinking that you can kind of create a bit of space to have that kind of thinking it just doesn't happen you know you go into your office people start asking you questions you check your email next minute the email gets you kind of back on the overwhelm so um so yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Every time you do that, you're compromising. Every time you give, look, we, we, we all have, Gavin, you know this, I've shared this with you before. We all have three things in our day-to-day -day life that we can leverage on. And that's our space, our energy, and our time. Every single time you're in the work, quote unquote, and someone calls you, you've just compromised. Yeah, it's so true. And, and every time someone gets your attention, sorry, you are diluting the result. Every time you are diluting the, the, the potential result that you can get. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was actually going to say one of the reasons why, um, I mean, you and I met through, through Daniel Priestley and, and I was actually flying to London to attend that, um, that, that thing that he does, the KPI course. Mm. And one of the reasons I used to like doing that was because it was the removal for me. It was to travel away, spend an entire day involved in something. And because of the removal, it gave me total focus. And that was really valuable to me. And I'm just thinking, how has it impacted you, COVID and stuff? Because you used to do live events and things like that. And now it's all through Zoom. And when, when people do Zoom calls now, they tend to be doing them sitting in either at home or in their office where there's so much distraction all around you that it's very hard to do like an all day thing. How has it impacted you um, in, in that regard? So obviously in a negative way, 
I've not been able to travel, which was my life. I think in the last six years, I've never spent more than three weeks at home. That would be like an extended time at home because I'm always being hired to speak or I'm running some kind of challenge or event around the world. So that's had a, a massive effect. And even just London, you know, I had another, even now at the end of, well, hopefully it's the end of COVID and res, COVID restrictions. I just had a, a paid speaking gig booked for this week, this coming Friday, canceled yesterday. Because oh, no. it's, it's just gone into level three. So obviously it's a massive negative impacts on my business. But once again, it just is what it is. So, you know, looking at that question that I asked myself in hospital, it is what it is. Don't make this what it, uh, worse than it is in the question how can i make this better than it is uh, i've just used the last year to just do some deep work and get clarity and like i said i've i've invested in a lot of things and people and it hasn't necessarily worked out but i've learned so much and and, and that's been the a really this year has been so valuable for me and that I've learned so much about business, about myself, also about how I can change what I do so that when this happens again, it doesn't affect me so much. So as a result of COVID, I took my one-to-one -one coaching and I put it into a, a three-month coaching program where it's not just one-to-one -one because I charge tens of thousands for one-to-one -one coaching. So I put it into a group and I called it the OTE, Ordinary to Extraordinary Program. And I thought, how can I work with the same type of people? High performers, hungry for more, frustrated because they know they can play a bigger game and they just want some accountability. And I created this program and it's just been absolutely amazing. And uh, we're halfway through the first one now. The next one starts in February 2021. And if it wasn't for COVID, that would not exist. The OTE program would not exist if it wasn't for COVID. So every cloud is a silver lining. As Absolutely. Say. Well, yeah. that's the choice, right? To believe yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I know you and I believe that to the core. Big time. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I was going, we're, we're coming near the end of a thing. I was just going to ask you about uh, everyone's, you know, we're, we're a couple of, days away from Christmas and the new year and all of that. Um, and, and people are maybe looking ahead to 2021 and thinking about, you know, mapping out, uh, you know, plans and objectives and goals for 2021. Do you have any tools or strategies that you would recommend people if they're thinking about 2021 and just how to kind of frame all of that um, just yeah. for the best results? Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a, such a huge believer in finishing strong and everything that I do. And now is such a great time to set yourself up for the new year. A lot of people start in January. They're like, right, let's get to work. You know, but then half of January is lost in trying to find clarity. Like, no, get the clarity now. So that come 1st of January, you are raring to go. You are leaning in to the point that if you don't stop moving, you're going to fall over on your face because you're leaning in so much. So you just want to get running from January 1st. Or I'll give you a day off, right, for some of you that celebrate <laughs> New Year's Eve, start on January 2nd or maybe 3rd. Uh, but what I've used with my clients and actually in this OTE program is a tool that I call the roadmap. Uh, if you jump in your car right now, you want to have absolute clarity around where you're heading, right? You don't want to... Gavin, you don't have time to be riding around and trying to figure things out. And maybe I'll go this way or maybe I'll go that way. Or let me try this. No, have a plan. And that's what the, the GPS does in your car. It figures out where you are now, where you want to be, uh, what obstacles do I need to avoid, and how can I get you there in the quickest, safest time? Uh, as quickest time and in the safest way. So, and uh, it, it's basically four 
what's for the first step to answering this to getting clarity on who you want to be and who you want to become and what you want to achieve in 2021 is this number one where am i now where am i really now like speak to the truth don't give bullshit. Where are you now? What are your letdowns? How have you let yourself down? What are your mistakes? What are your failures? What are your frustrations? Speak to the things that are not working. That's the first question. Next question is, where do you want to be? Speak to the truth. Where do you really want to be? Don't settle. Don't aim for good, right? If you aim for good enough, you'll always just get good enough. So what do you really want out of 2021? And I would highly recommend that because obviously you're writing this down and putting it without um, outside of yourself, I would make sure that your internal state is your energy and certainty is through the roof when you write this. Because the goals that you write, I know this is not rocket science, most people here know this already, will be as a result of how you currently feel in that moment. I never write goals until I've done a workout and maybe I've meditated because I'm bringing the very best of me to this exercise. So then write, number two, where do I want to be? Where do I really want to be spiritually, financially, relationally, uh, uh, mentally, emotionally? Who do I want to be? What do I want to create? Number three, what might get in my way? Like the GPS works out, everything, the traffic, obstacles, crashes. You want to avoid those things. Don't get there and go, oh, man, you know, I should have known. No, now's your opportunity to do the work and figure out what might stop me, what might hold me back, who might be a block, what boundaries do I need to set up, who's going to challenge me, who's going to let me down, who do I need to get around more. That's number three. And then number four, as a result of these three awareness exercises, they're just giving you awareness of where you are, where you want to be, and what's in the middle. Or what might stop you. It's just awareness. But now you've got to take that awareness and you've got to act on it. So the fourth question is, knowing what I now know, what do I need to do? What do I need to make my 10 commandments? What do I need to act on? Where do I need to be all in? What standards do I need to set? This is the action point. Then the fifth point is, who do I need to recruit? So this is an extension. The first four, you've got to answer those those first four. That's the GPS, the roadmap for your extraordinary 2021. But the next question to add to that is to come back to the, the front of this conversation, beginning of this conversation, who do I need to recruit? Don't go at it alone. That's crazy. <laughs> mm. Why would you choose to do something alone? You might be able to go far, but you can go so much further with others. So who do I need to recruit? Who do I need in my breakthrough boardroom? Who do I need to be able to, whether they're really in my life or whether they're online or whether there's someone, you know. Um, so you're not talking I, about hiring somebody to like in the true sense of recruit. You're talking about, you know, bringing people in that might just be inspiration. Um, absolutely. If you think of a footballer, right, you, you can be the greatest footballer in the world. But if everyone on your team is running in the opposite direction, you ain't going to do very well. And very quickly, you will lose your ability to show up as the best footballer in the world because you need a team around you. So if you look at your family or friends, where you consume information, do you watch YouTube videos, listen to podcasts, whoever you have in your life, whether online or offline, close to you or far away, you want to make sure that they're all running in the same direction. And the more people you can get running in the same direction, the greater your advantage. It's like, once again, a football game, a rugby game. If someone gets taken off the field, Right, the team shits themselves because they know 
the other we're people have down. more yeah. yeah we're one down and they have more power over us so create as much certainty as you can around you by getting as much certain people around you and then the uh, the sixth one it's a bit cheesy but something that i learned uh, from my accident is just have fun man just have fun you know you're not going to get out of this life alive you're not going to get out of covid alive you might not die now in covid but eventually you're going to die so just you know don't take yourself too seriously just do your best to just enjoy this journey enjoy the process um, laugh at the failures, right? Because if you're still standing and listening to this, you made it through everything you've been through. So, yeah. you know what I mean? It might've been tough, but you're still here. So just try to bring a good attitude to what you're doing and what you're doing will will just be more enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I'll put a link to the uh, to the OTE program in the show notes, actually. But um, some great advice there, JP. Um, just winding it up uh, on the on the on the uh, subject of great advice. Um, uh, is there any particular advice that, if you were to happen to meet your twenty-year-old self, that you would give? What advice would you give to that person? Obviously, now with the benefit of hindsight and knowing what you know, I would lean down and lean into my younger self. I would grab myself by the head with my hands over my head, look myself into my eyes and say, relax, my boy, it's on its way. I didn't know then that you will get everything you want in life. As long as you do the work, you will get everything you want in life. It might not show up how you expected it to show up, but if you keep doing the work and you keep holding the faith, you will get where you want to in life. You'll become who you want to become. So don't rush it. Don't uh, question. Uh, don't second guess yourself so much. Just trust that everything is on its way. And keep staying in momentum. Keep doing the work. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. And do it with a smile on your face, with an open mind, an open heart. And life will be extraordinary. I didn't know that back then. Mm. Yeah, great advice, JP. Thanks so much for uh, being on the podcast today. If anyone wanted to reach out and find you, what's the best place to, to go look for you? So if they go to jeanpiedevilliers.com, uh, it'll actually just take them to my OTE program, which starts the next intake starts on the 15th of February, and it's only for 20 people. And if you want to go to social media, just type my name in social media, jeanpiedevilliers.com. Or if you want to... Sorry? I'll, put some link, I'll put some links in the show notes. I appreciate you. that. Thank you, Gavin. And I look forward to anyone uh, wanting to have a conversation. No obligation. I just love chatting to people. I love serving wherever I can. And the last thing is, if you would just like to know more about me, type my name into Google and you can find everything from my story in depth to hundreds of hours of videos online to even articles about my accident, national, international articles about the actual accident, about how I forgave the driver, about the experience I went through in court in forgiving the driver. I mean, pretty much you're, you're going to find a lot out. Yeah, I mean, there's, a lot, yeah exactly. there's a lot there. There's a lot there. I mean, you know, privacy is so 90s, you know. <laughs> my whole life is on Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, JP, it's been great to have you on board. Looking uh, forward to, to putting this one out and uh, catch up with you very soon. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Gavin. 
All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with my friend JP. It's, um, it's been a while coming and uh, JP is actually one of the people responsible for all of the personal challenges that I took on in 2020. He's the guy that was kind of challenging me to do these stretch goals like the 4x4x48 four by four by and my 10,000 burpees in August and uh, my 61 hour fast and signing up for Ironman Cork. In fact, JP is actually doing Ironman Cork with me um, next August. And also I thought I'd mention that the best-selling book that I co-authored recently was actually on JP's suggestion. JP is kind of the lead author on that book called Your Best Life. And um, as I think I've mentioned already, it went to number one on Amazon. It's, you know, it's been number one in a number of different categories. And we're all very proud, actually, of the uh, the book that we put out there. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes if you're interested in buying that book. Um, at this stage, it's too late to be putting in your Christmas stocking, but who knows, it might be a good book to get for the new year and just to kind of get your mind on um, all the various stories that are out there. So that is it for episode 35 of Behind the Facade. Not just episode 35, but that is it for season one of Behind the Facade. I really do hope that you have enjoyed this first season. It has been a uh, really great, um, just been a great learning experience for me. And I hope you've enjoyed. And thank you so much to all of you, all of the listeners who have sent me messages, uh, messages basically telling me that, you know, it's been helpful or asking questions and looking for advice. And I am looking forward to starting season two. I want to make it a special year and I'm going to going to double down on all of the stuff that I've been talking about. If there's anything that you found uh, particularly interesting or topics that you'd like me to cover, please be sure to get in touch and let me know. I have already received a couple of messages from a couple of people who suggested um, their favorite podcasts this year. And um, and so I'm going to be reaching out to those guys to thank them personally. And thanks to everybody who has joined the Facebook community. If you can, it would be very much appreciated if you can try and leave me a five star rating or if you can leave a review over on iTunes or the Apple Podcasts platform or wherever you listen to podcasts for that matter. If you have any questions, as always, you can find me over on the Facebook community, uh, Behind the Facade community, or you can use social media to track me down. And that is Gavin J. Gallagher. And what I'm going to be doing, uh, I actually have a lot of Zoom calls uh, that I've done for these podcasts with guests. And I have, they're all videoed. And so I'm actually going to be repurposing quite a bit of the content that came out this year from the various conversations that I had. And I'm going to be putting it all into the Prop Tech TV um, YouTube channel. So by all means, go and check out Prop Tech TV on YouTube. And I'm also going to probably, I've kind of been toying around with the idea of starting a weekly video over on my personal um, YouTube channel, and that is uh, Gavin J. Gallagher. And so, I don't know, go and check that out. I'm actually, I've been thinking about what I would do, and I might just turn it into kind of a short, instead of being a long podcast, you know, podcasts tend to be 40 minutes to an hour. What I'm thinking of doing is just having a weekly eight to 10 minute video, or maybe six to 10 minutes, and uh, just to kind of, pick one particular topic and just go into it and then leave it there and, um, and I have always enjoyed making videos over the years so 
Guys, thanks for all your support. It's been a really great year and, um, and I look forward to communicating and contacting you all in the new year. If you'd like to learn about the events and various things going on with me, as always, you can find me at the GavinJGallagher.com website. And if you put forward slash go after that, you will go straight into the email sign up. So guys, thank you so much again and um, wishing you all a very good new year and see you in 2021.